Welcome to the Couch Potatoes. I'm Brett McGarry. This week, two of the most recognizable shows on TV have announced it's time to pull the plug. Plus, I'm Jeff Braun. The first trailer for Denny Villeneuve's highly anticipated Dune remake was released this week. And I've found my latest obsession. I'll tell you why you should check out The Boys on Prime Video. A television staple of the past decade is calling it quits. AMC's The Walking Dead will stop walking after the upcoming 11th season. We survived the end of the world. We're bonded together by the fellowship of the living. The future is ours. So long as we hold on to our faith in one another. We help one another. And defend one another. So that we can be safe. We stand together for life, not death, in this new world. We survived, but this is about more than survival. We're making the world new again. Together we survive. And together we thrive. Together we silence the whispers. The Walking Dead was a ratings juggernaut for a sizable chunk of its middle years, getting viewers in the double-digit millions when no one else was. I'm pretty sure we mentioned it, breaking records here and there for cable shows and things like that. Viewership has down, gone down a bit the past couple of seasons, but that almost happens late, almost always happens, rather, late in the game for long-running shows. The departure, though, is complicated, Brett. There are still six episodes of The Walking Dead that need to be shot and aired. That, that plan is for those to come out early next year. That'll be part of the current 10th season. Then the final season will begin late next year, and that'll be split over two years. 24 episodes total for final season 11, plus the six remaining in season 10, so that's 30 more episodes to come, with the last one airing sometime in 2022. So if that plan's plan holds, you still have time to come to grips with it, fans. And even more importantly, the people who run the show have time to plot out a great ending. The other good news for fans is AMC will do another spinoff, this one's starring Daryl and Carol. I like their, that their names rhyme. I hope that's the title of the show. Uh, that show is set to debut in 2023. And that's the thing about zombies. Even when you think you got rid of them, they keep showing up again. There's already a companion series, Fear the Walking Dead, which returns for season six on AMC October 11th. And they're developing an anthology series that'll be one-off episodes set in the Walking Dead universe with new characters and stories. So yeah, the main show's ending, but there will still be three other Walking Dead shows to give you your fix. Frankly, I'm glad I don't watch the show because I'd feel obliged to watch all of those other shows, and it's just too much. It, it is impressive, though, to have a show foster its own universe like this. Spin-offs used to have such a stigma attached to them because it was so rare for them to be good, but it feels like Hollywood's getting better at that. You know, better call Saul being the obvious candidate as a good spin-off. The superhero movies and the TV shows, they do it well a lot of the time, but they're also not starting a world from scratch. They've all got decades of material to work with. And The Walking Dead isn't the only show saying goodbye after more than a decade. Keeping up with the Kardashians will be ending its run next year. What did I do to just... You've been manipulating all of us and using your daughters to buy you... Yes! Are you crazy? Are you crazy? I talked to Kylie and she did not get you that toaster, so you fully scammed us. If that's what it takes for me to get you guys to be nice to me, at least I'm smart enough to figure that out. 
You're teaching us bribing, lying, <laughs> scamming. Their life lessons. Kim Kardashian West and other members of the extended Kardashian-Jenner family released a statement this week saying it is with heavy hearts that we say goodbye to the reality show. They go on to say that we've decided as a family to end this very special journey. No further explanation. I guess they're just tired of doing it. The series became a pop culture sensation after it debuted in 2007. I wouldn't have thought it had been on that long. The show's home... Uh, home, the E Network has said it's a delayed farewell. The new season begins September 17th with the final season to air again next year. So, both those shows giving us some heads up, Brett, on when they'll be leaving. Uh, I'm not going to really miss either one because I don't watch either one, but those are a couple of bangers that have been around for a long time. The Walking Dead is a show that I've had most of the 10th season sitting on my PVR for months and months. Um, I don't know why. I haven't yet watched them. I think I watched the first three or four episodes of this season, and I was quite enjoying it, but uh, I just have not been compelled to watch it. I think it's a situation where I know if I watch it, I'll enjoy it, hopefully, but if I don't watch it, I don't care. Like, I just, I seem to have stopped yeah. caring about The Walking Dead, and that that extra six episodes, that caught me by surprise because the season finale, and they made a big big deal about when they finally announced that the so-called season finale will air on October 4th because it was supposed to air back in April. But post-production ended up being delayed due to, what else, COVID-19. So we got all the way through the season, and then the finale was left, and they were going to air that in October. But, yeah, The Walking Dead, like, I got on board with that show hard uh, pretty much from the beginning. I was really excited to watch it, and I enjoyed that first season, and I... Mostly enjoyed season two. I felt like they dragged it out because the first season, I think, was only eight episodes. And then the second one was 16. And it was a slow journey through that through that season. But it had it still has one of my favorite scenes in all of television where there's the there's a there's an encounter and the climax is at this barn. And it's really, really dramatic. Uh, I think season I can't remember which one I liked the best. Maybe season four. They did some really great character work in that. And I felt, and I remember saying on this show, I feel like The Walking Dead has elevated itself to beyond just a genre show. And it feels like one of the best dramas on TV. But its ratings got so huge that I think they had to try to please everybody, right? Like when a show gets that big, you want to make sure that you hang on to the biggest audience. So they, they started to drop off on quality, and I don't know. I just got tired of it, and uh, but I stuck with it, and uh, now, I like I said, I don't really care. Fear the Walking Dead, that also took a while to really get going. The first season was okay. The second season was a little bit better. I think by the third season, it really started to hit its, its stride, and I was really enjoying it, and I think I also declared at one point on this show that Fear the Walking Dead had become the superior show and I, but I fell a few episodes behind, and I just said, you know what, I don't care. <laughs> so I just stopped caring. I, as you pointed out, it is a lot of work to be that heavily invested in something. It's one of the reasons why I stopped watching all those CW superhero yep. shows. Arrow, Same Flash, uh, The Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl. It was just too much. And I, like, I enjoy all of those shows. I miss them. But that's a big commitment well, every week to get into that. And now you've got this other spinoff or these other spinoffs and these movies that are going to feature Rick. I don't know. Um, 
I'm kind of happy to see at least The Walking Dead proper come to an end because you got to wonder at some point, like, this story has to end. So, like, let's, they can't just keep bouncing from region to region trying to survive. And then they just, every time they, they set up a new shop or set up a new home, then, they're in, then they meet these new bad guys. And it's just getting old. So I'm happy to see this. Curious to see what they do with the spinoffs and uh, those one-off movies with Rick. But uh, I don't know. If I don't ever watch an episode of The Walking Dead again, I don't think I'm going to care. And then as far as the Kardashians go, uh, I know that so many people hate them, right? Like the, the, all you got to yeah. say is the word Kardashian and people lose their minds. But the fact that this show has been on since 2007 speaks to the popularity. And these, this family is full of millionaires and in some cases billionaires. So they're clearly doing something right. Yeah, I'm, I was shocked that it had been on that long. And uh, I read all these stories saying that they they started this thing where you, you don't even have to do anything to become famous or be a celebrity. But didn't Paris Hilton do that before the Kardashians? Don't they owe everything to Paris Hilton and uh, the fact that she was simply famous for the sake of being famous? You could they you could say that uh, Paris Hilton is responsible for the Kardashians. I mean, keep in mind, Kim Kardashian really first gained notoriety when she released a sex tape with a rapper. That's how people started to know who she was. Uh, but then she she took advantage of that publicity, and she she really is quite shrewd. That whole family, the, the mom, Kris Jenner, has built an empire out of her kids, and now they've all got kids of their own, or half of them have kids of their own. So just because keeping up with the Kardashians is going away as a show, do not expect to see the end of the Kardashian family. They're going to be on television for years. I wouldn't be surprised if they're on TV for decades to come. Uh, for a lot of people, this is like a royal family, right? So, well, well, I mean, come on. Kim Kardashian is almost certainly about to become the first lady of the United States once uh, Kanye wins <laughs> the presidency in November. So that's just two months away, Brad. <laughs> hey, coming up next, we want to tell you about a couple of new shows debuting this weekend on showcase one of them looks really cool the other one i'm not so sure but it stars one of the friends you're listening to the couch potatoes i'm brett he's jeff we are the couch potatoes as we always like to do we'd like to tell you what's out this weekend no new major films to tell you about but there are a couple of tv shows that i think are certainly worth a look and they're both on showcase there are a couple of other things coming to netflix and crave and prime but uh, the big ones we wanted to highlight here are on showcase and they debut on sunday the first one definitely has me intrigued it debuted in july on the nv nbc universal streaming service peacock it's based on the famous book from 1932 by Aldous Huxley, Brave New World. This is New London. For a couple of hours. Everyone's happy here. Everyone has a place. There's no hunger, no violence. There's no pain there, John. Everyone fits. I've always wanted that for you. This is your home now. So the book was about a class system society where people were engineered to be a part of different classes. The TV show, quote, imagines a utopian society that has achieved peace and stability through the prohibition of monogamy, privacy, money, family, 
and history itself. There's also an artificial intelligence system named Indra that connects people via a wireless network. The protagonist who comes in and realizes something is amiss is played by Alden Ehrenreich, who played Han Solo in the Star Wars story Solo. Everyone belongs to everyone else. We're never alone here. Everyone's connected. You know, I've been watching you people. But this place is so perfect. Why is it upside down? There's a disruption. I just can't seem to get back to myself. A virus enters a cell, turning the body against itself. We need to stop this before this goes too far. So that looks cool. Again, it debuts Sunday on Showcase. If you don't have cable, though, no problem. You can get it through the Stack TV bundle on Prime Video, which comprises the whole family of global TV and chorus channels. It's going to debut on Prime Video uh, next week, I think, on Tuesday. But uh, Brave New World, this is a book that I read in high school. I think it was in grade 11. I can't remember exactly what grade, but it was one of the rare books that I was forced to read that I actually loved uh, and some of the stuff in the book, like the author predicted things like television. He, he had all these inventions and gadgets uh, that came to pass in one form or another, like in very similar fashion. So it's a fascinating read. I'd love to go back and read it. So this adaptation looks pretty cool. Did you ever read the book, Brave New World? No, sir. I didn't read a lot of the books I was supposed to read. I mean, they never assigned that one, but just in general, I tried to get away with reading as little as possible in high school, including uh, the time I read five pages of a book and wrote a seven-page essay about it. <laughs> how did you write a seven-page essay in a uh, book? I just asked a buddy of mine, like, hey, how does this thing end? And he, he told me, you know, one brother lives and the other one dies. And it's like, all right, that's enough. I'll make something up. And I don't think the teacher really was reading the essays. It was near the end of, uh, you know, grade 12, and we were all graduating, and I think he just... He was just handing out marks based on what he figured we'd probably do. So, <laughs> one of my buddies was telling me the other day he, uh, you know, in high school he was supposed to read six chapters of I think it was 1984, and uh, he didn't read them. Right. He went into the class right before the test, and he asks his friend, "Hey, what's this book about?" And he ended up getting eight and a half out of ten, and his friend who told him what it's about got seven out of ten. Ouch! So figure ah. that out. Uh, but yeah, Brave New World looks really cool. Another show debuting on Showcase on Sunday also has ties to that Peacock service, although it's a British show that first debuted on Sky One in February, and uh, then it ended up on Peacock in July. Now it's going to debut in Canada on Showcase. It stars David Schwimmer and Nick Mohammed. It's a workplace comedy called Intelligence, set in the UK government communications headquarters, which is a geekier version of MI5 and MI6. In an increasingly digital world, cooperation between intelligence agencies has become vital. We have Jerry Bernstein from the NSA arriving shortly. Hello? Hi, Mom. Jerry, Joseph Harris, so great to finally meet you. This is Chris Cranfield, uh, Director of Cybersecurity at GCHQ. No way. I was expecting a guy. Will he be here long, then? Providing he plays by the rules. I think we can learn a lot from each other. Right. Especially from me. Do you have an update on China? did some pretty breathtaking work on that. This is just taken from Wikipedia. Right, you have that here? 
I'm not as excited about this one. Uh, kind of reminds me of the, the, the same vibe as that Steve Carell show, Space Force, where it might be a little funny, but also sort of juvenile. But hey, it's got David Schwimmer. Looks like I'm finally rubbing you off. Rubbing off on you. I'm You're rubbing, rubbing off on me. You wish. And Jeff, you also <laughs> made the observation uh, between segments here that David Schwimmer is has connections to the Kardashians. Yeah, well, he played the Kardashian, the the father. What's his name? Robert Kardashian. Yeah, uh, OJ's buddy in the uh, that OJ series that was on. I can't remember what channel. It was. FX. FX. Yeah, yeah. American Crime Story. Um, yeah, so that those are two both new on Showcase, and I'll just quickly mention on Netflix, uh, there is a show called The Duchess. It's about comedian Catherine Ryan. She created and stars in the series. It's based on her life as a Canadian single mother living in London. The first season, she considers having another child with her daughter's father. So uh, that is now available on Netflix. In a moment, Jeff's going to tell you about a show that he's been watching starring Jim from The Office, and I've been watching a show starring Judge Dredd. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. We each uh, started a new show this week that we're going to tell you about. I signed up for Amazon Prime Video this week for the first time, mostly on a whim. Uh, I also don't think I realized it only costs $8 a month, which is cheap enough to give it a go for a while, especially since winter is coming. Honestly, I was interested in the catalog of old movies, and by old I mean 80s and 90s, which have been my bread and butter, not only during the pandemic, but really for the last couple of years. First, I was going through some of the blind spots in my viewing history, and now also revisiting movies I'd mostly forgotten about. So that's there, and it's good, but I also wanted to check out some of the new original stuff that they offer, and I started with the show Jack Ryan. It's a series based on the Tom Clancy character, of course, who was the subject of many books and five movies at this point, The Hunt for Red October, Patriot Games, Clear and Present Danger, The Sum of All Fears, and Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. And the character has been played by several different actors, Alec Baldwin, Harrison Ford, Ben Affleck, and Chris Pine. Only Ford played him more than once. Now in the show, he's played by John Krasinski, who of course we know as Jim from The Office. You do this often, dynamic people off the street and forget them. You're my first one, actually. How am I doing? Shoot me. I drop this and we all die. What exactly does a State Department supply chain logistician do? They work behind the desk. They write reports. That sounds... Why? Dr. Ryan! I need you to come with me. What? We have to go. Maybe I'm foolish, maybe I'm blind. What have you got? The individual behind these transactions could be a high-level target. His name is Suleiman. How come you're the only one that knows about this mystery man? I was just following the money, sir. I can't go to Yemen. I'm an analyst. I don't interrogate people. I write reports. Get on the plane. Oh, yeah. Bunk from the Wire is in it as well, playing the surly boss. And Jack Ryan checks off all the boxes for me, Brett. I've watched uh, for the first time or rewatched four of those five movies in the last year. And the show is similar. You get international intrigue, spy plots, jargony CIA talk, uh, an everyday man put into extraordinary situations, some great action scenes. It's all good. Paying attention is rewarded, but you also don't have to pause it to look up stuff like the acronyms the CIA people are throwing around. You can just enjoy it while being engaged in the story. I haven't delved deep into the character history or anything, although 
I, I did a cursory Wikipedia search and was shocked at how many Jack Ryan books there are. Might have to check some of those out someday. Maybe only if a teacher makes me, but uh, we'll see. Like in Patriot Games and Clear and Present Danger, Harrison Ford is married to Ann Archer, but I haven't bothered looking up to see if her character name matches the lady in the series that Jack Ryan's been flirting with in the early going. I mean, I'm only two episodes in. Uh, that lady could die right away or maybe turn out to be a villain or something. I don't know. Uh, and that's the real reason. I'm only two episodes in. I don't want to accidentally read spoilers because the show's been on for two seasons now. A third has been ordered. Not sure where in the process they are with that, though. And I'm all in after the two episodes. I, I feel like I'm going to tear through it. There have been shows recently that I've started that I've enjoyed a couple of episodes of, but never really gone back to, like Teenage Bounty Hunters on Netflix, and others that I am continuing to watch, but only, you know, at a pace of one episode per week, like Halt and Catch Fire. But I think I'll plow through Jack Ryan in a, a pretty good hurry. And, and then what? I mean, I'm, I'm definitely going to check out The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel now that I got the Prime video. There's been so much buzz about that the last couple of years. It's won lots of awards. Uh, I mean, I did see the John Wick movies on there too, Brett, so I think that might be the priority. <laughs> And, and I also noticed that uh, the show Justified with Timothy Oliphant's on there. I would love, love to rewatch that. And if you've never seen Justified, highly recommend that show. The other interesting thing about Jack Ryan is I've also been watching a lot of reruns of The Office. So I keep waiting for Jack Ryan to look at the camera and shrug like Jim. <laughs> things like that. It's just, I get this Krasinski whiplash. The other day I watched like two offices, one Jack Ryan, and then three more offices. It was weird. Wow, that's a lot of Krasinski yeah. in your life. You should throw in the movie... Um, no, 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 no. You're going to say A Quiet Place? I'm not watching that. No, I was going to say oh. the football <laughs> one that he was in with uh, George Clooney. Leatherheads. Yes. I watched that last year, actually. It's, uh, it's, it's, it has its moments. It's not a great movie, but it wasn't as terrible as everyone made you think it was. Yeah, it was okay. I remember it being not bad. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Prime, I really uh, am... am impressed with that series they've also got that world's toughest race the eco challenge that i've been kind of slowly picking at but one of the things that i find most impressive about prime over netflix is the picture and sound quality is oh, yeah. streets ahead as far as i'm concerned of netflix now mind you i think it depends on the interface that you're using for your netflix app i find that through my shaw cable it's not great uh, the picture quality it's not terrible but the picture quality is not full HD and the sound quality is not as loud whereas Prime just comes exploding out of my speakers and it is crystal clear as though I'm watching it on a Blu-ray as opposed to a streamer so Prime is easily the best uh, streaming service as far as quality goes in my personal opinion again it could vary because of what I'm using but uh, yeah I love I am a fan of Prime and I'm a fan of a lot of their programming you started watching Jack Ryan this week I started watching a show because its second season just debuted this past weekend, so I'm almost finished season one of The Boys. The greatest superhero team the world's ever seen, The Seven. Is there anything I can help you with? I heard what happened to Robin. You ain't alone, son. Soups lose hundreds of people each year to collateral damage. I can't stop. I can't stop. That's where I mean the boys are coming. Spank the bastards when they get out of line. So I remember first seeing the, seeing the trailer for the boys, and it had to do with superheroes. Naturally, anything that has to do with superheroes 
gets my attention. But I never got around to it. I think maybe just because superhero overload or I was just watching too many things. At some point, you just got to say, I don't have time to watch that. But when season two came out and everybody was raving about how good The Boys is, I thought, I better check this out. So... It is described, I should have written this up myself, but I forgot, so I will tell you (laughs) what Wikipedia has to say about The Boys. It's based on a graphic novel, first of all. Uh, The Boys is set in a universe where super-powered individuals are recognized as heroes, but the general public, or pardon me, as heroes by the general public, and work for the powerful corporation Vought International, which markets and monetizes them. Outside of their heroic personas, most of them are arrogant and corrupt. The series primarily focuses on two groups. The Seven, that's Vought's International's uh, premier superhero team, and then the titular Boys, vigilantes looking to bring down Vought and the corrupt superheroes. So the Boys are led by Billy Butcher, who is played by Carl Urban, the aforementioned Judge Dredd. He also played Amor in the Lord of the Rings movies, if that uh, rings more of a bell. And he hates... The superheroes, or as he simply calls them, the soups. He just hates them. And the the seven, meanwhile, are led by uh, a guy who's basically Superman. His name is Homelander, but he can fly. He's super strong. He shoots laser beams out of his eyes. He's got x-rays. Like, that. none of these heroes are trying to be something new or something different. Uh, Like, there's a a character called A-Train, and he's basically the Flash. He runs really fast. Uh, There's one called Popclaw. And she pops her uh, her bones out of her body like Wolverine, oh. like she uses them as claws. Uh, it's not like, it's like not all of her bones, but she can like poke her. Uh, she's got like a claw that pops out of her elbow, and it's kind of neat. And there's another woman who she's called Queen Maeve, and she's for all intents and purposes Wonder Woman. She's super strong. She can stop like semi trucks in their tracks. Uh, and then there's another one called Starlight. I think she might be new because she basically glows really bright and uh, can blind you. Um, Curious, I still haven't figured out entirely how useful that is going to be, but uh, she's a cool character. So, and on the guy who plays Homelander, by the way, is Anthony Starr, who I know best as the star of the show Banshee, which uh, I guess I would have watched. It was on, it was a Cinematic show, but I watched it through HBO Canada a few years back. I just watched it at all on demand. That's a super fun show, by the way, Banshee. If you want something just pulpy and violent, watch that. The Boys is also pretty, it's actually surprisingly gory. There are a couple of scenes, Jeff, where I think you might actually uh, get a little squeamish. And oh, it's yeah. it's also super, super vulgar. They swear a lot in this show. But I just, what I really enjoyed about it was how the different take on these superheroes, the fact that they're essentially all jerks. Here, just, here's another example. I'm the world's greatest superhero. I can do whatever the f*** I want. We're on the verge of nailing these wankers. I'm done! Oi! What's Sporty Spice up to? Who? Sporty f***ing Spice, what's she up to? I don't know. And baby, not even page six of the Daily Mail. You see, when they're apart, they're absolute f-ing rubbish. But you put them together, they're like spice girls. The point is, we need each other. We're f-ing in the woman. 
Jeezy gives the worst pep talks. He really, really does. <laughs> yeah, see how long that... That clip took me a long time to edit with all those swears. So it's very vulgar, but it's cool. I really like it. It's a unique spin on superheroes, and it kind of flips the whole superhero story on its sort of side. It makes... They're, they're all... like None of them are likable. They're all just jerks and corrupt, and some of them are wrestling with their morality, but... Uh, it's a unique, fun show. And season three, season two just debuted. I think they debuted the first three episodes, and then they're going to debut a new episode each week. But season three is going to star Jensen Ackles, who plays Dean Winchester in Supernatural. He's going to play somebody called Soldier Boy, who is purportedly the very first superhero in this universe. So I'm excited for the boys. I can't wait to finish uh, season one so I can get on with season two and get, or get, yeah, and get caught up on season two because like I said, they're debuting new episodes every week. So Jack Ryan, the boys get the couch potato seal of approval on prime video up next. I'm anxious to hear about this because this is a, a movie I always wanted to watch, see in the eighties the and I never got around to it. Well, maybe I'll just hold off and watch the updated version you're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff, he's Brett, and it was a big week for sci-fi fans with the release of the first trailer for the highly anticipated remake of Dune. There's something happening to me. There's something awakening in my mind. I can't control it. What did you see? There's a crusade coming. You often dream things that happen just as you dream them. Yes. The test is simple. Remove your hand from the box and you die. What's in the box? Pain. You inherit too much power. You have proven you can rule yourself. Now you must learn to rule others. Something none of your ancestors learned. Sounds like a worse box than the one from Seven. There was a Dune movie in the early 80s from David Lynch, who subsequently ended up disowning that movie because he didn't like all the notes he got from the studio and that sort of thing. That movie, though, has garnered a cult following in the years since, but it was a box office bomb and it didn't wow critics. That movie and the new one are based on a novel from 1965, called Dune, about rival families battling it out on a desert planet for control of the spice, which is the most valuable substance in the universe. The new movie is made by Denny Villeneuve, who sounds like the perfect choice. He is great at sci-fi, and he's not afraid to jump into beloved properties that might, you know, make other directors kind of fearful, like his Blade Runner movie a couple of years ago that was a big success. Before that, he made Arrival, which was the Best Picture nominee at the Oscars, and he made Sicario, which wasn't a sci-fi movie, but it's a really good movie that both Brett and I enjoyed. So he knows what he's doing, and if I were a Dune nerd, I would be excited about what's coming. It's actually going to be two movies. The one coming this December will cover the first half of the book, and Villeneuve plans on making a second movie to cover the back half, like we saw with the It movies in the last few years. The movie stars Timothy Chalamet. He's been in a lot of great movies lately. Uh, mostly he's been in 
arty kind of movies like Call Me By Your Name and Little Women. So an action sci-fi film seems like a bit of a departure for him. He's a good actor though and good for him for expanding his horizons. The movie also stars Rebecca Ferguson, Jason Momoa, Josh Brolin, Dave Bautista, Oscar Isaac, Stellan Skarsgård, Javier Bardem and Charlotte Rampling as well as many others. It's an all-star cast. The trailer's out there if you want to take a look. It looks impressive. And Dune is expected to hit theaters December 18th. Fear is the mind killer. My Lord Duke. Where the fear is gone, only I will remain. Trying to remember why I never did see that 1984 original movie from David Lynch, and I think it's because I wanted to see it, but I'm pretty sure my parents did see it. Either either they went to the theater or they rented it, and they hated it. And I guess I probably was maybe they were scared it would be too much for me, or I was, you know, too young to watch it. But I think they just wouldn't let me watch it because that meant they would have had to watch it again, or at least my dad. And uh, he thought it was boring and didn't want to sit through it. <laughs> I could be making that all up, but that I think that rings some kind of a bell. Uh, so I've just never got around to seeing it, especially with all of the negativity that has sort of been hurled at it. Did you see it? I never did. I remember seeing the box that there, were, there was Dune and there was Crawl, and I wanted to see them both. And Crawl, yes, Crawl is good. Because <laughs> I was too little, and then I grew up and just uh, lost interest in watching them. And like I said, it's based on a book, and I mean, if you've been listening to the whole episode, you know neither one of us read that book either. So uh, maybe this will be finally our, our entry into Dune uh, with a Denny Villeneuve movie. That's probably a, a good way to see it. I hope it's not gross. The trailer makes it look like there could be some gross stuff in it, but we'll see. Mm, okay. Science, well, science fiction. Like, Did yeah. you ever get around to watching season three of Stranger Things? Yes. That had that some gross stuff. Gross. It really did. I didn't care for that, especially since, you know, I like to watch TV while I'm eating dinner. <laughs> oh, you baby. That's all the time we've got for the Couch Potatoes this week. If you're listening to this on the radio, make sure you subscribe to the Couch Potatoes podcast and then you'll get the episode just a little bit sooner. Not that we're looking to take you away from your radio, but we record the Couch Potatoes on Thursdays and it's always out by Thursday afternoon. Unless I forget to press the load button, then it just kind of sits there in limbo and that happens uh, from time to time. I'm Brett, he's Jeff, we are the Couch Potatoes. And remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother. Don't bother.